Hello. Hi, Marty. It's Lindley. Oh, hi, Lindley. I I wasn't expecting your call. <laughs> I know. Surprise. Um, it's good to hear your voice this week. It's good to hear yours. Missed you last week, but you did a great job of handling it on your own. Of go hosting. Go. <laughs> go host. <laughs> well, that's right, because you're the go-to host. Uh, when, I, when I'm not around, you're you're definitely my all-time go-to host. But like I think for the for the audience, you're you're pretty much the go-to host. Go host. <laughs> well, speaking of, hello everyone, and welcome to the OKC Span Podcast Edition. You here with me, Lindley, and our dear friend Marty, who's back with us. Thank. That's right. Heaven. My voice is uh, somewhat recovered from whatever BS was happening with it last week. I We spoke very briefly last week, and I think, Lindley, Faye, you can vouch that I sounded kind of like, uh, uh, like the plant in um, – <laughs> uh what i of course now i'm blanking on the net little shop of horrors yeah <laughs> you did you didn't sound well it was not great um but but we're back and just in time mm-hmm. just in time i know it's been a big week for you Oof. you know yesterday was a big moment in my adult life how long have you waited for this moment? We won't even say what the moment was yet, but how long have you waited for this moment? Decades. Has it been decades? I, mean, I, really... I don't know when, when the I don't know, but this, well, this, Linda, like I had happened, a notification. What happened yesterday? Billy Joel released a new song. I got what? four text messages from people about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened when David Bowie died. Like I woke up to a bunch of text messages and social media messages checking in on me. That's how I learned that David Bowie had died. So I would have, if I got a text message like, hey, do you hear the Billy Joel news? And I was you, I would start crying. Like, oh, God, I, no. I did, I did cry. <laughs> yeah, but you cried happy tears, I have to assume. Yes. yes. Tell us about that uh, song. It, you'll hear it on the Grammys on Sunday. Probably the first time called Turn the Lights Back On. Probably the first time I'll be tuning into the Grammys in decades. Um, yeah, I want to make even, a point of correction right here. You said that I would hear it at the Grammys, and I will tell you, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. There's zero percent chance I'm going to be watching the Grammys. I've hit the point in my life where I have no idea who any of the people are. I feel like, about Saturday Night Live every every couple of weeks. It's like, man, I right. didn't know who Jacob Elordi was because I hadn't seen Saltburn yet. Uh, I still haven't, but uh, yeah, I don't know who's on the Grammys. I know Taylor Swift will be there, um, and everybody is very upset that Travis Kelsey won't be there with her. And it's like, guys, he's kind of preparing for the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's busy. Then he looks at Taylor and he's like, "You got this, right?" Like. Right. I'm sorry. You come to my shit. It's okay if I don't come to yours, right? Like, that's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> it does. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, and I even already heard the Billy Joel song today on Magic 104.1 in the car. 
Were you driving? No, I was a passenger. <laughs> no one wants me driving. <laughs> you got a car just so you could drive around and listen to Billy Joel. Just Billy Joel and then Delilah after dark. Do you remember Delilah? <laughs> yes. She's still going. I can't believe how old do you think Delilah is? I don't know. I could look at it. But I mean she's been on air since I was a child. But before that, I'm sure. Yeah. I think she's been on the air since nineteen sixty two. Since she was born. She's oldest. Voice for radio. Have you made sure that Lois, your grandmother, is not in fact Delilah? Because you told me she was a fan. Do you think that was a subtle, like, go listen to my radio show kind of a thing she said? She's um, actually talked to her today. She, had, she, she called me this morning wanting me to let her know what was on PBS at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of her turning it on, I don't know. Listener Lois. Uh, we've talked about her before on the show. Lois is uh, going to be 106 years old uh, yes, in, in the August. coming year. Yeah, in August. So Lois knows shit, but what she does not know is what's on PBS next. So <laughs> exactly. sometimes she's got to call. I love the idea of you staying the night at Lois's because you texted me and said, we're watching PBS because it's the only thing the two of us are able to watch. <laughs> and the chair is so close to the TV screen. <laughs> that you can actually kind of make it out? We can kind of kind of see what's going on. <laughs> she's like, she's really into Father Brown. is one of her go-to shows. Oh, who's she not? And some variety <laughs> show thing. We're digressing, though. Well, no, we're not. We're talking about what's important. We'll get to the trivial stuff like jail uh, after. Well, let's do jump into uh, to our real. That's been Lindley Face. You know what? Before we get off of the Billy Joel train, I keep meaning <laughs> to send you a song. Uh, we talked last night about uh, I shared some Billy Joel memories. And I want the audience here to know that my favorite TV show of all time, you probably already know this, uh, everybody, mm-hmm. but it's the Andy Griffith show. I don't need mm-hmm. to explain that right now. But my favorite parody song back in my Dr. Demento days, um, not when I was Dr. Demento, but when I was a kid listening to Dr. Demento, uh, my favorite parody song was a parody of We Didn't Start the Fire called <laughs> We Love Barney Five. And I highly recommend this song. Uh, it features lyrics such as my favorite line, Aunt B in the kitchen, lousy pickles, good fried chicken, Helen Crump, Otis <laughs> Drunk, Emmett's Fix-It Shop, followed by a kind of a cash register ring. So uh, go and check that out. I keep meaning to send it to you, Lindley, and I've forgotten. So that's enough Billy Joel talk. Um, it's Friday that we're recording this. And so uh, today during legislative session, Lindley, you participate, and I'm going to try to start participating in a weekly call about, uh, would you just explain that briefly? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a think tank. They're based out of Tulsa, but they service the entire state. Um, and they're called Metriarch. So I think Matriarch, but metrics. And um, they do every Friday at noon 
a call that they call the clearinghouse where people will review bills. It's they it's focused mainly with um, women, vulnerable population, um, and birth control, abortion, those things. And I also get like really interesting. There's kind of a part where people just chime in on like the most outrageous bills that are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was telling Marty about them earlier, but there's one, and I thought I wrote down the number, um, but it's like actually happening. It's in the house, and um, to make it illegal to have public buildings to have pride flag or any of those kinds of themed flags to show that we support all people. So that will not Mm. be allowed potentially. I want to throw in that I think this is a problem in, I mean, this is a solution in search of a problem. I think it already, I don't know that government buildings would have been able to display a pride flag anyway. I don't, I mean, I think they should be able to, but I could see it getting shuffled in with, well, I don't want them displaying the Ten Commandments. So, <laughs> right. you know, like, so, like, I, uh, I, I don't consider them the same thing, but I could see why somebody would. And so I kind of don't think it's really necessary. Well, I certainly don't think it's necessary to ban them, but... I'm just curious about that. Something maybe I should research. I'm just curious. Yeah, there was a um, a lot of it came from teachers, educators not having pride-related things in their classroom. In their classroom, yeah, I guess that is a thing. There are a lot of Ten Commandments, so. Yeah, Um, that's some bullshit. Speaking of the classroom, you also for sex ed, the teachers cannot instruct that sex. You can find pleasure from sex. (laughs) <laughs> that's not allowed. Wait a second, you can? <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, that's good. I, that's good. Actually, I support that. I don't want kids knowing that sex is cool and fun. And that's Let because, out of their own. yeah, I think it's, I think self-discovery is like a real trip. And uh, <laughs> you know how some people are against student loan debt forgiveness only because they already paid their student debt, uh, student loan debt. I'm the same way with like, no, you also have to have like a long season of awkwardness and shame Uh, (laughs) because I did. So you also have to suffer. (laughs) There was also Um, one that I forgot to mention to you earlier about with um, no contest divorces. Now you cannot cite impotence as a reason for divorce. So Never a dull That's moment. That's interesting. Yeah, never a dull moment. That's really interesting, actually. In a in a an amusing but potentially really uh, harmful way, amusing, <laughs> um, like interesting. So I, I do want to say about the pride flag, though. That that uh, reminds me of something that happened recently, mm-hmm. uh, like this week. I was going to text uh, the guy and ask him, but. Uh, Chad Whitehead uh, at Tower Theater and Pony Boy uh, and Beer City Music Hall, he replaced, just put a, a fresh new pride flag to replace the pride flag that was already there that hangs kind of outside the window upstairs at Pony Boy. So it's by the marquee, the Tower Theater marquee. He replaced that pride flag with just a newer, fresher uh, uh, pride flag 
And immediately, like the next day, the neighborhood was littered with uh, stickers from uh, far right white supremacists, basically Nazi adjacent groups. Uh, And I meant to text and ask specifically, like if it was, you know, Patriot Front, 3% of you know, Identity Europa, who, what group put the six? I forgot to ask, but it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I don't, it's not like I want to give those groups per, uh, extra attention, but I just think it's important and to share that with the audience that those groups are still alive and well. Hopefully they're small. I'd love to think that this group has two people who are just really dedicated to going out and putting their shitty stickers up, but my recommendation, let me just throw in some, some well, anarchist tips. One thing, uh, like keep a, you know, safety razor, or, you know, uh, blinking a box knife uh, in your shit uh, when you're not going to public buildings that check your shit um, so that you can scrape those off. But also just be really careful removing those stickers because, Sometimes uh, these assholes will put, when their stickers have been being removed a lot, they'll start putting, sometimes putting razor blades beneath the stickers. You can really hurt. Yeah, that happens. Oh, my God. That happens sometimes. It, it can really hurt you. Um, so Something I think is better than peeling them off is just local organizations and some, like you can, even on Etsy, you can get kind of, anti-fascist, good message, positive message stickers, uh, defund the police stickers, shit like that. Just go ahead and, you know, put those stickers over them. Uh, I I think that's better. That way they're covered up. There's not a bunch of white sticker residue there, and there's a good message, and you don't have to fuck with removing them. Anyway, uh, that's what I would recommend more than any of that. And those vinyl stickers usually cost like a buck or something, and you're typically helping either an artist without a bunch of money or an organization uh, that's selling them uh, as fundraisers. So that's my two cents. Yeah. (laughs) That's a shame. Um, Have they yeah, been able to clean that. it up? I don't know. I haven't gotten to talk to them about it. I saw it on, actually saw it on Instagram this morning or last mm. night, I think. So I, I've been meaning to text them about that and just haven't remembered to. So hopefully it's I will. Week. It's a busy week. It's been a busy week. It really has. Um, and the coming week's going to be pretty busy too. So yeah, we should jump in. Uh, our main topic this week is, of course, the main topic uh, around local politics in Oklahoma County right now, and that's the potential site for a new jail. Um, it's it's a big deal. It's, it's a huge, important decision for us. I, and I think mm-hmm. we can all agree, whatever, wherever we end up having this new jail built, that's going to impact two generations of people in our community. Um, mm-hmm. like the last one was built in 1990, 91. I think it opened in 91. Um, Jeez. and we're That's still fucking with building. it right now. It is. Good and it was God. never good when they built it. It was bad. 
um, like somebody within the first six months, somebody escaped from that jail um, by simply scraping out the grout in the glass blocks that served <laughs> like as windows. Oh, no, it was definitely like old silent movie shit. Like they tied <laughs> sheets together and climbed down from there. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, same guy, by the way. Okay, so this is a fun aside, but uh, that person who escaped, for one thing, by the way, I, I had a housing client uh, who was his cellmate and it said that the guy was like, we can get out this way uh, you want to come with. And he's like, I do not. I'm sitting out a small charge. I'm not going to get a felony uh, off yeah. of that. Uh, I just won't disrupt your escape. How about that? And so, <laughs> I will just look uh, yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not going to snitch you out and tell them. But uh, So the guy, yeah, he tied bed sheets together and climbed down out of there and escaped. They caught him, and I'm not making this up. He did it again. Uh, <laughs> he did it a second time. And the only reason he it. did Yeah, right? Absolutely. The only reason he didn't get away the second time is that he climbed down. He could only get as far down as when you look at the jail, you'll see that this red brick and there's one sloping part. It's not very big that's not red brick. It's like more cement and it's kind of beige colored, whatever. Uh, that sloped. He got down to that and jumped down to the ground from there and broke his leg. So oh, gosh. He, it, so he got caught there in the yard of the jail. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that. And, and so something that you might not know about the jail and part of why the state health department has constantly dinged them on their annual reviews is that they have <clears throat> like a metal grating that covers mm -hmm. on the inside that covers that and so that depletes natural light even further uh -huh. than it already was and that's a health hazard because mm -hmm. it increases the risk of suicide um, and so that's one of the there. many problems with jails in general is mm -hmm. suicidality raises exponentially when someone's incarcerated um, and that is part of why we should not incarcerate. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, um, I, I believe that if somebody escapes from jail, we should just let them be. Fuck <laughs> yeah, like good job. They did the work. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, totally. I, like, and this sounds like a joke, and it's kind of a joke, but I'm kidding on the square when I, when I say that kind of thing. I'm with you. Like, yeah, like, well, you made it out. You beat the system. I, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, I, I think that's part of the contract, the social contract. There was a guy, last escapee that I can think of at our local jail, actually just escaped by walking. Like, he was in the Sally Port. Uh, so for those who don't know, I, we, uh, we got an email or a message from somebody who was just saying, hey, sometimes you say stuff and we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and that's fair that's jargon shit mm -hmm. that i should explain sometimes and this is one of those if you don't know at the jail there's basically just think of a garage with doors on each end and so that's where they bring prisoners in just picture a truck comes in through one door the door closes they take something out of the truck put it in the jail 
then secure that part of the jail and the other end opens mm-hmm. and they drive out, right? So that's how prisoners get brought there. Uh, that's how prisoners leave when they're being transported. Well, so they had a guy in the Sally port unattended and they left one side open. And so he walked out and left. <laughs> well, what'd he do wrong? What are you supposed <laughs> to, who, what, what person is supposed to say, well, they already arrested me. You know, they're imprisoning me. They've captured me. They've taken my freedom from me. I better let them do that. No. <laughs> I better just stick around. Yeah. Like, I, like, honestly, I think it would be stupid. I, I, can't, I, I would never. What kind of sucker bootlicking rule follower are you if you're like, so I could walk out of jail at this very moment, but I better not because that's breaking the rules. Like I just, that's not, it's not human to expect that from somebody. So yeah, I kind of think like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. That's no, no. (laughs) That's on you. But like, that's it. That's on the jail. That's on the jail. That's on our system. That's on the police and the courts. That ain't on that guy uh, who walked out. And that's my opinion about that, Lemley. I agree. I'm sure people would be outraged by that, but I don't think any of the people who listen (laughs) to this would be the people who are outraged by that. But (laughs) yeah, but that that uh, that reduction. There was also somebody who escaped this year by climbing out, which I think is. I don't understand how they did it, and I. I don't know the details of it, but this not this year, this last year or the year before. I remember <clears> that. Like, Tons of flat yeah. circle. <laughs> right. Uh, so we're not talking about that jail as much as because that jail is such garbage, uh, the community voted, I think it was a mistake, but the community voted to uh, extend a bond uh, that was expiring for, or a couple of bonds that were expiring for the purpose of building, uh, keeping that tax going to build a new jail facility. And that's what we've been talking about. And that's definitely the last week and a half that has been the biggest uh, Michigas going on here in central Oklahoma. Um, so we have, Right now, like the state of things is that there are three sites that keep getting talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is at 19, wait, 1901, that seems short. Uh, yeah, 1901 West Grand. Uh, basically, that's uh, abutting Dell City. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. north of Prosper Park. Um, if people know where that is. So that's kind of due west from downtown. I say due west down along I-40. Uh, it's mm-hmm. west, of, west from downtown um, and then south of the, <clears throat> south of the interstate. Um, Dell City is very upset about this mm-hmm. um, for a number of reasons, most of which I personally don't give a shit about if I'm honest, like, I don't know why I say if I'm honest, like, what? <laughs> if I, I, like, if I stop lying long enough, that, but no, to be, to be open, uh, I don't care about most of those reasons. And last, last week, not this 
most recent Wednesday, but the Wednesday before the county commissioners meeting, they, uh, people came out in force, in mass, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. protest building there, as well as to protest building on the east side, um, and somewhat to advocate for putting the jail at the current site. The new jail should be built at the current jail site is what a lot of people were saying. <clears throat> but specifically, Dell City residents, uh, some city elected officials, the mayor, uh, Claudia Brown is the council mm-hmm. person for Ward 3 of Dell City, um, principal superintendent, uh, some of these people who were like city officials were there as well as residents of the city. And a lot of their reasons were really, frankly, NIMBY reasons and really dehumanizing people in the jail. And that yep. shit leaves me pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um, like one guy kept saying sexual predators, which is already problematic language for a number of reasons that I don't feel like we need to get into right now. But like saying that sexual predators would be released into their community and there's a school nearby and there are old people who've lived there forever and there are kids who live in that neighborhood who have to walk to school. And somebody even said there's a lot of bushes and shrubs in that area where people could hide. And I don't know what the fuck you think jails are like. But <laughs> one thing is that what jails in Oklahoma especially don't do is they don't say, oh, a sex predator, let's give them – uh, and own recognizance bond and get them out of the jail quick as possible. Like that's strictly never fucking mm-hmm. happening around here. Uh, if, if somebody who is especially a rare serial sex offender uh, who has been arrested for some other shit or definitely who has been arrested for, um, for a, like a sex crime, a sex offense, they're not getting bonded out. No. Um, certainly not really quickly. It's a clerical F, uh, error. If somebody who is on the list or has a warrant for uh, for a sexual offense, um, if they're registered or if they have a pending case, that's a clerical error if they get out at all, honestly. Uh, and I'm Somebody left Do not the door get me open. wrong. I'm not saying this is without moral judgment about it. That shit just that just ain't happening. I mean, it's hard to get out of there for nothing. So right. It's real hard to get out. Matter of fact, I'll, we had a death in the jail last year. Who uh, this was a man who was in very bad health and uh, had a t- illness. And already had you know significant health problems. Uh, a very large man. They actually had to build a bunk for him that was reinforced so that it could support his weight. Mm-hmm. The hospital said he needs to be out of there to live any longer uh, to extend his life at all. His mother said he could come live at her home, so there was a place for him to be released on a medical OR to mm-hmm. family basically to die with family instead of in the jail. And we couldn't get him out of jail because he had a pretty, and a pretty disgusting, don't get me wrong, a pretty disgusting offense. 
on uh, on his record. Uh, and so, like, I don't in any way condone any sex offenses, of course, but, like, that's not the conversation. thing is, they're not – they do not exist and lurk in the shadows in reality. They just do that. The they lurk in the shadows of your mind. They are hiding, yes, in the shrubbery and bushes of your <laughs> fantasy. That's where they exist and lurk, not in real life. That's just such – that's TV, that's movies. It is such a rare thing in real life. And I don't want to – I don't say that uh, to diminish anybody's experience because it's not that it doesn't exist. It's just not – it's not the commonplace danger that people like to – that people – I don't know, like. I shouldn't say that, but the people paint of that. It um, reminds know, me of, like, the unhoused population of people being like, I don't want them around me, you know, whenever that was that whole conversation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's – and it's just that one of those things where like this is scary because you've watched too much SVU. Like not yes. <laughs> it's not realistic. Right. The the more likely perpetrators of those crimes are people that you know, family members, et cetera. Um it, 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 this is not a conversation that I think I wanna have right right now on the podcast because <laughs> I think it distracts from from really what the conversation should be in the community about the jail. I just, if you want to say, I think this is important though. If your argument is, well, it's by schools, it's by where people live, it's by whatever, then you're giving permission to the people who want to build it there to say, well, the jail that exists is by schools and families and you don't seem to have Mm -hmm. a problem with that. You know what I mean? Like that's not a flex. It's not. It's not a good. It's not a sound argument. Uh, and also, it's just it's petty and shitty because it's like those peopling. You know, it's exactly. demonizing and dehumanizing the people that we incarcerate. Um, when let's face it, the people who are incarcerated are your family members, your neighbors, your friends. They are us, and. Over 80% of people in the jail are, by law, innocent. That can't be forgotten in this conversation. Uh, Now, a problem with building it out there is that it's nowhere near resources. It's nowhere near services. It's nowhere near – it's four miles to the nearest bus stop, four miles. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the people incarcerated, when they are released, uh, like they should be under law, uh, they would have a really hard time getting to where they need to go. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, the fact that they're poor and will be using a public bike path, that's not a problem, you see. <laughs> like, that's not a danger, I should people, say, to the community. It's a problem people for that visiting. Person. That's another consideration is the families. <clears throat> who are coming, if they don't, like, for them to be able to get there, that's important. Uh, and that's a right uh, that they have and that mm-hmm. the person who is detained has. Um, their attorneys, uh, you're creating an artificial barrier to keep people from proper defense. And that's, to me, that is an endang- endangerment to uh, civil rights and constitutional rights. 
um, that Miranda, that list of Miranda rights that somebody being arrested had, that seems to be violated uh, on its face by removing access to uh, their proper defense. It makes mm -hmm. their defense improper when there's an artificial barrier to get that defense. Uh, furthermore, access to where their arraignment and hearings will be. Like, this is far away from the courthouse uh, where the mm -hmm. jail is currently. Now, they granted, they have to, we, we pay the sheriff's department to transport detainees from the jail to the courthouse. It's a few blocks. The sheriff has shuttle vans that they'll, they'll put, they'll take detainees from the jail, from that Sally Port I mentioned, and put them into this, mm -hmm. And they take them in through a separate entrance. There's on the top floor of the courthouse, there's a jail site where they keep detainees for the, for the time while they're waiting for their court uh, hearing. And uh, so to, we pay, uh, I'll get fact checked on this, but I believe it's $700,000 a year we currently pay for that, that needed service of getting the sheriff to, transport those detainees, how much more will that cost when the distance mm -hmm. is, is exponentially increased? Well, probably exponentially. I like knowing how things work with one department of the government paying another department, I'm going to say it's going to be considerably over a million dollars each year to transport detainees from, say, Dell City to, to the courthouse. downtown to the courthouse. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that's a concern. Um, the staff that works there, uh, the medical staff, like these are all considerations. These are all stakeholders in where that jail shows up. And this is a, this should be, that should be a determining factor. And that's why this shouldn't even be on the table as a site because we will have to serve it with public transportation. And that's a whole new bus line that mm -hmm. we, the taxpayers, are going to have to pay through the county to the city in order to create a new line. And that means, an, an, like, additional fleet costs, and that's what additional staff costs. Like, this is a cascading effect of costs mm -hmm. to not do it where it is. That's a good reason for Dell City to stand opposed to it. It's going it's to be close to us. That's not. If that's such a problem to you, stop arresting people and send them to the county jail. I think right? a lot of people, from what I've been seeing, is people are forgetting the difference between a jail and a prison. Like, they're two different things. You know, yes. a jail is not where people are going to be held, ideally, very, very long term. Correct. Uh, that's why I say, love to point out that over 80% of the people mm -hmm. in the jail are under color of law innocent. Uh, if you believe our system means anything and is worth saving, you have to embrace that we are each innocent of any crime until it is proven otherwise. Uh, and, and that makes jails on their face a violation of our constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. uh, we are imprisoning people taking people's freedom away on strong suspicion of wrongdoing. Um, 
if we did that in our personal lives with people, uh, we would be labeled as criminally insane and dangerous mm-hmm. to the community. <clears throat> Rightly so. Um, and so, yes, uh, making those conditions worse uh, systemically, deliberately, is unconscionable. But the moral argument very rarely means anything I've found in this mm-hmm. community when it comes to these things uh, or arenas uh, and the like. Those moral arguments seem to fall short. So that was something frustrating at that meeting. Um, uh, but they've just still there were a lot of people there opposed to that site and had been consistently opposed. Same with the proposed site on the east side, which I think is just a non-starter, but that's foolish of me to say uh, that Mm -hmm. I think it's a non-starter because we've seen that this government and all governments do what they want ultimately, uh, regardless of our opinion. Um, That, that brings me to a thing that you didn't get to attend because uh, you had, uh, yeah, I you had low, you had a family thing yeah. that you had to take care of. But this past Monday night, there was a town hall uh, held at Metro Tech Spring Lake campus. Which, uh, side note, glad I got that boy, right. It was <laughs> nice. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, it was beautiful. What a nice facility. They've redone it in the last couple of years, and it is. Aces. If you get an opportunity to go out there, check it out. It's really nice. And the auditorium was dope. So this town hall, uh, the organizers put it together, but it was kind of moderated by Councilwoman Nikki Nice, Ward 7, and had a panel of Claudia Brown, Ward 3 Councilwoman from uh, Dell City, uh, James Cooper of Ward 2, Oklahoma City, Jason Lowe of House District 57, I believe. I probably got that wrong. Right. But, I don't uh, know. But Jason Lowe is House Representative uh, representing much of the east side of Oklahoma City. Uh, Councilwoman Jo Beth Hammond of Ward 6 uh, that is uh, married to your co-ghost, <laughs> Marty Wayne Piercy. I was going to say, not in, me. <laughs> in disclosure. Um, yeah, that's right. One of the co-ghosts is married to Joe Beth. Guess which? Email us at okcspanpod mm-hmm. at gmail with your answer. Winner gets a prize of a reply to that email. So, um, and then Forrest Bennett of HD92, that is your Yours, representative right. and mine, Lindley. Um, uh-huh. So each of them spoke. Also, Jess Eddy's community activist who's been uh, advocating around the jail issues for half a decade already, if not longer. A year. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, and he helped put the thing together. So he spoke first just about what the benefits of having the jail downtown and kind of poking some holes in what the RFP for the jail uh, really, oh, I shouldn't say he spoke first. First, they let County Commissioner Terry Blumert speak. I don't think they needed to. That's a separate issue, but that's what happened. But just pointed out that the, the sites that the county sought out, they asked for 40 to 80 acres. 
And I hadn't really considered how big that is. That's, that's giant. Be, well, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. So you you have an idea. I did. I I grew up in a a house owned by the church that my dad pastored. I, I you know it's next door to the church. It's on the churchyard. So I don't have any idea about shit like that. Acreage doesn't really track for me very well. But just conveniently made some slides showing what that looks like. And let's say the area of town that we call Bricktown, that's 80 acres. Um, the capital complex, that's from the southern tip all the way up to the northern, that's 50 acres, 55 acres. So why do we need, why do we need that much space for a jail? Is pretty. That's a pretty valid question. Yeah. Um, well, most you, houses sit on a one-acre lot. They give like you, a good kind of point of reference there too. Yeah. The when you see the sprawl and you go out to the hinterlands and see the houses, those are five-acre lots usually, mm -hmm. and those big ones that where the wealthy people live. Those are five-acre lots. So why do we need forty? Um, the answers that we're getting about that is that we don't want to build a tower jail, which mm -hmm. I'm 100% agree with. It's proven to be disastrous. Disastrous. Uh, yeah. Um, Cause just, it slows everything down. It creates problems that there shouldn't be. And, and that's elevated all the infrastructure problems as well as the like physical and, and human problems that are created by that. It's just, uh, a lot, uh, and and that's been demonstrated with every tower jail built in America, especially the one that we currently operate. Um, oh, big baby's getting a squeaky toy. I think we'll see. He tells um, that he knows. Oh, he knows. He's been. I seriously, he's been laying on our bed since coming back in from his first walk or his last walk, uh, and. He came in here because I'm recording. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> towers are bad, so they want uh, preferably one-story, maybe two-story structure. I still – that 40 acres is insane for that. And they want a couple of other buildings on there. They want a medical – or no, I'm sorry, a mental health facility on site and separate from the jail building. Um, for people who are not incarcerated but do have charges. Let me throw that in. This is not a community public, uh, mental health center that they're yeah. proposing here. Um, <clears throat> but still, it's, 40 acres is a lot of space for this. And you have to assume a lot of that's for parking, which is very frustrating. Uh, how much parking do we need for that? I, Mm -hmm. Anyway, like there are all these problems. I think everybody knows my kind of point of view on that stuff. Um, I don't know if people know yours. Um, so please feel free. Yeah. Uh, Where's the nearest hospital if they're going to use that Del City-ish um, location? I don't get mm -hmm. out of my bubble much to know because I know that's something that it's so close to St. Anthony's downtown. Uh, let me think. Uh um, it's not a big deal. I, That's just another well, thing. I, too. I, I couldn't say definitively. The closest one that I can picture is Integris South, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but that's south 
directly south of downtown by only a couple of miles. And also, by the way, as a site that was considered or suggested by one commissioner for at least for our mental health uh, jail facility uh, and was just somehow roundly rejected by the other commissioners, and that sucks. And by the way, the commissioner who recommended that was District 3 commissioner, like wealthy conservative district, uh, Edmund. It was that commissioner, Miles Davidson, who suggested that place. Not Carrie Bloomert, not Brian Mon, uh, both of whom one of whom has that in their district and one of whom has the district immediately south of that. Anyway, that's the closest hospital I can think of. But, yeah, that's a good good question to ask. I'm going to write that down because I don't know that. Uh, I don't know if any if that's even been considered um, proximity to hospital. Thanks, Lindley. That's good uh, for me to Because that could be additional transport costs as well, depending on how far uh, away it is. Not could. Not could. Definitely will. <laughs> Well, yeah. Like there's, there's no question about it. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. Um, whereas here, obviously, uh, St. Anthony's is a few blocks. It's not even a very long walk. If they sent the detainee, if they gave them an OR and sent them walking up to the hospital, it ain't that far. Um, so yeah, we, we got to hear from each of those elected officials in turn. We heard a lot of good stuff. I will, uh, I don't want to sound cynical or mean, uh, but <laughs> here's my criticism of that town hall, not only letting Commissioner Bloomert speak, which I don't think was appropriate. Uh, I don't think it was needed. I don't want to say it's inappropriate, but I don't think it was necessarily appropriate. And it definitely wasn't necessary, but uh Several of the people on the panel kind of grandstanded and made what sounded like campaign speeches. That's and, what I noticed as I was following along. Yeah, they were rousing speeches. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed them. Uh, but they weren't really productive to our purposes uh, about where the jail is going to go. Like, yes, we mm-hmm. should ban incarceration. And if we're going to incarcerate, we should use a better model that other nations have, have employed in the last few decades. We can learn from that. That's not what we're talking about, though. We're talking about where we're going to put the current model of incarceration. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's more important in this conversation. But uh, everybody was saying downtown society. And honestly, most people I hear from in the community, I live in a bubble. But that's most of what I hear looking around, not just directly to me, but just looking around. That's what I hear is keep it downtown. Um, I mean, even my mom subscribes to that belief as well. She says, something shady's going on here. <laughs> I love it. Your mom mm-hmm. says something shady's going on with the jail, so there's something fishy yep. about this. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, mom. Uh, I almost said her name and I forgot, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we don't need to say it on here. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I also going to throw in that during that meeting, Commissioner Brown or, uh, Councilwoman Brown from, uh, Del City read from an email sent to her from David Holt, the mayor of Oklahoma City, 
<clears throat> that said your concerns about economic development and et cetera aren't valid because look at how great it's been around our jail, which is, <laughs> is both condescending and petty, but also like, well, if it's going so great around the jail, why don't we keep the jail there? I don't know what you're like. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Means. Yeah. And he opened the email with like, well, we don't, we aren't decision makers about this, but if we were, think about this, you know, and it's really condescending. Um, but, uh, and I'm going to get that email and <laughs> just share it publicly. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, that was, I don't know. It was super well attended, Lindley. Did you see any pictures from it? I just saw one at the stage. Oh, yeah. Which all, all I tweeted were pictures of the stage, but yeah, it was packed. I mean, it was standing room only. That's great. Um, yeah, there were, I don't know how many seats are in that place, but clearly I think it was over 150 people were there, but uh, which for a thing like this is a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly we heard that people want the jail to be at the current site. Um, it just makes sense. There's so many <clears throat> social services that are right around there. Someone who's leaving incarceration may may need. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, and transit and, and hospital. Yeah, and all, the all libraries the right there. Yeah, or, both courts are down here, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, like, so, you know, not on, make it harder on people. Exactly right. On Tuesday, uh, sort of coming out of that uh, at city council, uh, councilors Hammond, Cooper, and Nice. Mm-hmm. presented a resolution to get the city manager to collect information on the metrics that they're using to assess the sites for the new jail. And that resolution got, it was just an accountability and transparency resolution. Mm-hmm. And it was voted down mm-hmm. uh, with only three votes in favor. Favor, um, Yep. Yeah, which is typical, uh, right? And that's just because uh, it was Cooper and Nice and Hammond. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't really care for them enough to cooperate with them. Uh, and my man Todd Stone from Ward 4 specifically said, I understand what you're asking for, and I support it. I like the language here. I like everything you just said, but I'm not going to support this because I'm just not a fan of resolutions. And I don't think we should be putting the onus on the city manager. City manager makes so much fucking oh my money, gosh. by the way. Uh, yes. And he's the employee of the city, but of, like, his supervisor's, uh, are the city council. So, yeah, put the onus on him. His job is onuses. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's just insane. And I got, if, I was, if I were a counselor, from now until the end of my tenure on that council, every time, like at the beginning of the meeting when they vote on the resolution to recognize the teacher of the month, I would embarrass mm-hmm. him. I would say, now, I just, before we take this vote, I just really want to appeal to Councilman Stone, Councilman Stone, Cypher, I know you guys don't like resolutions. Please don't embarrass us by not voting to recognize the teacher of the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> embarrass them. Just say it every time. And when there's a resolution about something else that they're going to vote for, just like, I just wanted to see if you were going to support this or not. I know you're not a fan of resolutions. You're not a fan. <laughs> so I assume you're not going to vote for this. 
but if you are, could you kind of help us understand that inconsistency, why you're not a fan of resolutions, but you vote for them? Could you help mm -hmm. it, help us understand? You know, I mean, I just wouldn't let it die. I'd be the most, well, I'd be the most annoying person in the world regardless, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that accountability measure failed. Um, and the mayor voted against it. And, and uh, not for nothing, but the city keeps saying we're not decision makers in this. We don't have anything to do with the process until they choose it and it comes to permitting and zoning. And we have those. Mm -hmm. That's up to us. Well, come to find out during a live Q&A with Commissioner Bloomer yesterday, the city manager, you know, the guy who we don't want to put the onus on, actually supplied them with a list of sites not owned by the city. That is involvement. That is direct, distinct, mm -hmm. deliberate involvement by the city in the future location of a jail facility owned by the county. So somebody's lying. And were you able to see how many people were watching her Instagram or Facebook Live? I couldn't. Uh, now there wasn't really a way for me to to see that. Uh, I could I could probably ask uh, her uh, her Area. assistant, and they would they would I, but no, I couldn't tell. I, I, a dozen, maybe two dozen, probably. Mm -hmm. um, there was a lot of interest. You you got to listen to that. You what do you think yeah. of that? What did you get out of that? Really, nothing that I didn't already know. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> one thing that I didn't, you know, um, we did raise the question of because we were allow, allowing public comment, we should take a Q and A question. So um, about asking if the current incarcerated folks are going to be consulted about where they're going to be housed, um, and she said yes, but I don't know if that's like a box check kind of thing. Right. Well, and that's the consultants, uh, I believe you know the name of that company. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, what was it, Smith and what? Smith, Rob Smith Roberts, Baldishweiler. Smith Roberts, Baldishweiler. Yeah. yeah, that's who uh, they sought input from detainees, jail staff, jail medical staff, families, attorneys, including prosecutors, not just defense attorneys, judges, um, uh, law enforcement. Um, they didn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, I I was glad to hear that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't know how much weight is put behind that. Certainly, the least amount of weight is going to be put on uh, the input from the detainees. Obviously. Uh, we're already putting them in cages. We don't care that much what they think about stuff. Um, um, what What did you think? I know that you asked one question while on there, and I can't remember what it was. What did I ask? I asked uh, – I don't remember now. What did well, I did ask? You, did you learn anything that you didn't already know? Um, only a couple of things, specifically that uh, that piece I just mentioned about the city manager uh, yeah. making site suggestions. Uh, also, that they had uh, gotten in, input from people who are incarcerated, um, 
as for the east side, uh, suggested east side location, Terry uh, Bloomert has twice, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, raised votes to take that off the table. And it keeps showing back up. Um, and what she said during that meeting yesterday is that her colleagues, she said, I don't think my colleagues care. That is a direct quote. I don't think they care. Um, and which I think is probably true. Um, mm. But uh, there was a meeting reason. So this week, Nikki Nice. Went, oh, there's, there's the there it is. That squeaky toy. Hey, big baby. <laughs> Let's get something else. That's a good boy. That's a good boy. Um, what you play with? This tennis ball that looks like the Statue of Liberty's head. Boop. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Councilwoman Nice mentioned that she knew there was a meeting with four city councilors, and she understood two two county commissioners. And when she mentioned that at, at county commissioners' meeting, I thought well, that's illegal because uh, two. Uh, he just he that noise was him sitting on a blanket that has a squeaky toy beneath it. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so the the uh, it's illegal for two commissioners to talk to each other without prior notice to the public. That violates the Open Meetings Act because yeah. two two is quorum. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I was. You know, my ears really perked up about that, but uh, Commissioner Bloomer clarified that yesterday and said, no, it was one commissioner, and it was a meeting that Davidson had scheduled uh, to talk to uh, some counselors specifically about the 1901 site, the Dell City adjacent mm-hmm. site. Those counselors, I uh, have it on good authority, though I haven't gotten it verified from any of them, but those Counselors were Bradley Carter of Ward 1, uh, Todd Stone of Ward 4, Matt Hinkle of Ward 5, and uh, uh, Mark Stonecipher of Ward 8. Um, so that is four of the five conservative members of the city council, um, and not including the city councilor at large, David Holt. Um, so I, my, my assumption is that Barbara Peck of Ward 3 was not present for that because that would have violated open meetings as well. Okay. Five counselors makes quorum. That was a question well, at, posed during that, but uh, they that said, was, doesn't that yeah. violate open meetings? And I said it doesn't because it's not quorum. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just a scheduled meeting. And I, I don't find that fishy in and of itself, it's a pretty normal thing to do. Uh, both Davidson and Mon have met with uh, Councillor Hammond, I know. Um, or, well, I know that Davidson met with her. I believe she's at least talked to Mon on the phone about some of this stuff. I'm not, I'm not positive about that. Uh, it's a question for the councillor, I guess. Um, uh, as close as we are, I don't actually have her schedule <laughs> i don't know what her what her uh, meeting schedule is for the council uh, uh our shared calendar is more about nail appointments and haircuts and doctors and shit like that so um yeah the q a yesterday i didn't find 
really particularly worth our time. Um, and I don't... It was like 30 minutes, maybe? Yeah, something like that. At, at the best time of the day to have input, right? Like when everybody's packing up their shit to leave work. And even if they're not, they're at the end of their work day and they're tired and they don't give a fuck anymore. Um, like, you know, might put it, you know, 15 minutes at 8 o'clock in the morning. So that, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you're not going to get a lot of participation. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm sorry that this might sound cynical or mean, uh, about the commissioner who actually represents me. But I assume the reason to do this was to be able to wash hands at the end of it. When people say, you didn't listen to us, she can say, I, I, did a Q&A. <laughs> I went to the town hall, I did, held a Q&A, I made myself available at this, and I did stuff. Like, right, it's just like checking off those boxes of, public perception of due diligence. She's getting that knocked out. Something that you and I talked about uh, that I think is a really important question for us all to consider, though, uh, does our input matter ultimately at all? And I don't mean that philosophically, right? I mean, I do mean that philosophically, but I mean that literally. Like, are they going to pick a site and build a jail there regardless of how we feel about it, because it's just how government works. Like, is that, (laughs) I wish that they would tell us, honestly, so that we could focus our energy some in some other way other than appealing to them personally, morally, emotionally, logically, with that or whatever. Stop spinning our wheels and apply that effort to something more effective uh, and useful. I um, I don't know. I mean, I'm a cynical person, so my instinct mm-hmm. is they're listening to the public, so they can say they listen to the public. Um, but what's the timeline like on having to? I guess something that I don't know that I should know. Who's the final decision maker on that? On the site for the jail. The site, uh, the- yes. Yeah, the county commissioners. Uh, okay. There's a committee that is a citizens committee that is a bond oversight committee um, that is appointed committee to, to look at the RFP, to look at the sites and assess which ones are worth consideration, send them on to the contractor, which is uh, the aforementioned Smith Roberts, Baldeschweiler, um, to assess that site, that's why the uh, Stockyard City, they're the ones who mm-hmm. ruled that out because they discovered that it's a lot of river sand beneath, and so the cost would become astronomical to build there. Um, that committee, they don't have political power. They're a recommending body. It's like they're mm-hmm. doing the work of going through the fine print to then tell mm-hmm. Uh, the elected officials or their staff, what's what, right? And so um, ultimately, yeah, it's going to be the three county commissioners uh, who vote on, who make the final vote on the site. That won't go to a vote of the public. We already we already got our say uh, on, mm-hmm. on giving them that power, and that was by voting for that bond. 
that had no language in it about where it would be, mm-hmm. what the requirements would be, uh, it had no language in it really, really protecting our interests at all, at all. Um, and if people have a problem with that, they shouldn't have fucking voted for it. Voted like, on there, it were, yeah. there were a lot of us advocating against that vote. Not that the new jail doesn't need to go. It does. I don't believe in building a new jail ever anywhere. No new jails. But, uh, but if we are, we shouldn't be building them bigger, which is something they're aiming at, is increasing the number of beds, which I think is foul. I mean, that's immoral, and I mean immoral as hell. Because increase. if there's a bed, they're going to fill it. They're going to fill that shit. It's, uh, and, and ever shall it be. If we're going to incarcerate people, we're going to incarcerate more. Oh, look, there's a fire somewhere or some kind of emergency. Okay, it's done. Um, yeah, there's, they're always going to fill it. It's what Bob Macy said when they built the, fir- built the current jail. He was the mm-hmm. DA, and he said, if you build it, I'll fill it up. Mm-hmm. When the, uh, the last iteration of the county commissioners uh, voted to, int- uh, to put the bond question on the ballot, then District 3 County Commissioner Kevin Calvey said, I only wish we'd build it bigger. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that. Like, that's so frustrating because, like, what, do you really believe that the population of central Oklahoma is somehow more criminogenic? than the population of Chicago or St. Louis or New York City or Shawnee, Oklahoma or Lawton, Oklahoma or uh, Marlowe. You know what I'm saying? Like that, but like, let's definitely increase the space we have for the, and that's how we police too. We police now as though every person, you, me, Lois, you know, we're (laughs) all, we are in the eyes of, law enforcement we are all potential criminals and that's what we are fundamentally is people who might soon commit a crime mm-hmm. um, uh, and that's that's ultimately like one of the biggest problems with how we do this and why we're doing this at all in my very strong and deliberate opinion that's that's what i think mm-hmm yeah it's just heartbreaking to imagine like let's make it bigger so we can fill it up with more people Mm -hmm. and it's just a fact is that's what they're going to do with it yeah Hmm. so that's kind of where we are jail site wise Mm -hmm. if you want an action item I don't know what to tell you except for (laughs) contact your county commissioner and tell them that you like demand that they take a legitimate look at building the site of the current jail. They, they haven't given any receipts. It's becoming ever more transparent that the fix is in, and they, including Commissioner Bloomert, do not want to build it there, and there's no reason other than somebody stands to make money somewhere mm-hmm. off of not doing so. Commissioner Bloomer said yesterday her preferred site is the one that they're going to be assessing at 74th and Rockwell. Now, that's on the other side of the airport. Again, there's no transportation out there. There's nothing out there. Um, she mentioned that a couple times. Yeah, she mentioned that's 
currently her preferred site. She said more than once, this is a quote, that she wants the jail to be as close to downtown as possible. That is, in fact, meaningless. <laughs> that is a phrase that, ha- that holds no legitimate meaning in its context. None. I want it as close as possible to downtown. I want it in, yeah, Cleveland County. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything, especially when you're saying 74th and Rockwell. So as close to downtown as possible means Mustang. Yeah, it's way over there. Yeah, and I looked it up. I think I was on the phone with you. I looked it up. We were, yeah. Yeah, to, from, from downtown, from the jail to that site, like from the courthouse to that site, driving is 19 minutes. And part of the RFP specifies within 10 minutes of downtown. And that site ain't. So <laughs> it should be a non-starter. I just, I really wish everybody get real worked up about this. Um, get a real lot of line to add. Yeah, it really is very costly to build out there. Uh, leaving aside the moral arguments about it. Listen, we're at over an hour. Um, this is yet another week where I've talked so fucking much. I hate. We have a, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to talk about. Yes. Make yes, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'll we're note lucky. that our two our two solo episodes are the episodes that have the fewest listeners. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I even said it. I said, Marty, I think this is going to be the one with the fewest wow. listens. Nah. Um, I think it's kind of a niche topic. Yeah, it's an important topic. Um, things that are coming up, uh, I think most significantly is that Tuesday, uh, usually usually this week would be off for city council, but Tuesday is the annual budget workshop. So oh, it, boy. Well, yes, it's my least, uh, my least favorite thing of the year to cover and possibly uh-huh. the most important thing I cover every year. So exactly. uh, it's several hours of sitting and listening to boring-ass, like, economists talking about what kind of money and, like, how the budget will be decided, what we, what our expectations are, not numbers-wise per budget. But, like, I'll be covering that. This is a super important time for people to start paying attention to that because usually mm-hmm. when people remember that we need to advocate around the budget, it's already done. I mean, it's already yeah. The budgets have been written and they're going about to be passed. You can't show up. Nothing wrong with showing up on the day that they're voting on the budget. Please don't misunderstand me, but you can't show up that day and protest and expect it to change because the ship sailed by then. Mm-hmm. If you want to really make an impact on what the budget for these separate departments and what their budgets are going to be, you need to get in now on the ground floor after next week. That's when to start organizing. That's when to start contacting city representatives. That's when it's time to start contacting department heads. That's when it's time to start really advocating, uh, agitating, whatever it is that's your role in the community and in uh, solidarity with others in the community. That's when to start taking action. So, uh, Will there be a place for public comment like there usually is? 
I don't think they do public comment at this. I've never seen public comment or, happen. I thought it's there used very to be boring. something. Yeah, where you could. Um, um, no, that's more for the budget stuff. So after Tuesday, like no decisions right. will be made Tuesday. It's just projections. Um, yeah. And there's a huge workbook that I'll get out of it that I'd be willing to. It, it will be available digitally, I believe, on the city's website. So after that, I'll be able to link to it. But mm-hmm. I'll be covering it live as much as I fucking hate going to that. Uh, <laughs> and I always have to sit by, a, like, in close proximity to a cop or worse, the cop's union reps. Uh, mm-hmm. I, it sucks. And They've got to increase their budget, Marty. Oh, every fucking every year. year. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, everybody has to increase their budget every year, but they are so egregious about it. But anyway, that's all I have to say. And I know that was shit okay. I had to say, Lindley. I'm sorry, uh, as always, for just talking so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Marty. The <laughs> highlight of my day. Well, well listen. I'll be your secondary I'm... emergency contact. <laughs> you gotta get gotta get to gotta get that driver's license. Um, I know. In fact, I like I have to get a ride Monday. I have a procedure that they require me to get picked up, even though it's two blocks from my apartment. Oh my god! Uh, they require me to get picked up, so I've got to ask somebody to leave work, drive downtown, pick me up, and drive me two blocks drive from two my blocks. apartment. Uh, yeah. Oh anyway. Uh, you can't do that, so I'm going to call somebody uh, else. Anyway, that's it for me this week. You got anything else to add? No, nothing else on my end. Um, thank you, everyone, for sticking with us through these complicated waters. Um, yeah, and we seek your input, so mm-hmm. get at us on Twitter or email us at OKCSpanPod, uh, all one word. Um at Gmail. Yes. Um, that's that. That's all I got. All right. Well, it sounds good. We can okay, love you. Bye. Baby have his chew toy back. Uh, I will. I'll let him have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye.